exposing the global media battle waging behind the scenes in the wake of the Fox News $787.5 million settlement with Dominion Voting Systems. And we discussed the firing of its leading host, Tucker Carlson. You know, I am your host, Johnny Punish, and on this show, we welcome freedom activists Kat McGuire and Helen of Destroy, along with the effervescent Dr. Alan Sabrosky, as VT breaks down and examines the state of U.S. media and how it affects the world. Kat McGuire is the co-host with VT's Dr. Kevin Barrett at the False Flag Weekly News Podcast. And Helen, well, she's uh, getting out her incredible political analysis on HelenOfDestroy.substack.com. And Dr. Allen, well, he joins us midway from his lair at some nondescript hotel in Michigan, where we found him dodging the governor's Alan Sabrosky task force while he prepares his remarks to the student body at the local university. So join me right now for this amazing conversation. Here, right now, on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. VT Radio with Kat McGuire from New York City. She's a freedom activist and Helen of Destroy, also from New York. We're here to discuss the Fox News situation and how it affects global media around the world. Kat, tell us, uh, you know, we know what happened. Uh, Fox uh, had a settlement with Dominion Voting Systems for $787.5 million. Uh, Tell us your thoughts on this right now. Yeah, everybody's trying to figure out why, what. We haven't heard why. Um, We know that he was fired and there's something really exciting coming up. But everyone's trying to figure out of the potpourri of subjects that um, Tucker actually talks about that nobody else is. Which one was it? Is it because he interviewed JFK? Is it the Hunter laptop? Is it Epstein? He talked about 9-11. He's going after J6. And what's happening with them? He's going after the FBI. He speaks out about Julian Assange. He's totally opposed to Ukraine. Nobody, nobody, nobody in mainstream traditional media is talking about this except Hunter. And um, I contend it's for all of it because he is crossing the line on both sides. He's on both sides of the aisle. He's um, red-pilling typical leftist people. He's having leftists come on his show. And he's just too damn dangerous. And they want to get it back down to something that's more a single-party line, be whether the party is Republican or Democrat. And they just... they're. They want to keep everybody with the conventional talking points, and you just can't do with that with Tucker because he's awoke. I, he, he's woken up. He's talking truth like no other truther is. So they had to get rid of him so they can get back to mealy mouth, anodyne commentary on both sides. And Helen, what say you? Um, well, they kind of gave away the game back when Tucker first started dropping the uh, January 6th videos that basically exposed that the whole thing was completely the opposite of what they said it was. I mean, the armed insurrection without the weapons was kind of a dead giveaway, but you, know, you never know. But um, Eric Swalwell, the um, Homeland Security Committee in the, I think he's in the House, uh, Democrat, the, the guy who farted on live television, everybody knows him for that, and sleeping with a Chinese <laughs> spy, but um, right, he right, right. made a comment uh, to to some interviewer that he was saying that, that like Fox News would have to get rid of Tucker Carlson or or, or the FCC or so, some like regulatory bottle, body would have to get involved because he couldn't be broadcasting this stuff, this uh, January 6th stuff to our troops stationed halfway around the world fighting for who knows what and being told that, oops, uh, hey, back home, your government is screwing you again. 
Uh, so it was kind of like he sent the message to Fox, like, either you clean up your Tucker or you go bye-bye. And so they decided they would clean up their Tucker. I mean, I, I kind of disagree in that, 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 that Tucker is this grand truth teller. I mean, he's like a limited hangout. Uh, he's a good limited hangout in, in, in as far as those things go. And he's improved over the years. I mean, he's no longer a smug a piece of garbage telling that people that uh, they're idiots for questioning the official story of 9-11 and all of that. But like, I mean, he's got a lot of flaws, let's say, and a lot of credibility grenades that he likes to lob. And I mean, I think that this is one of those things where he exists to establish like the uh, boundaries beyond which we are not allowed to cross in terms of like the Overton window. You can't go beyond this. Uh, this is the mainstream. This is the extreme. This is what Tucker Carlson represents. And there is nothing beyond that. So you're just not supposed to even believe that there is anything beyond that. It's just that that's the extreme. And this is, he is the wildest, craziest thing there is. And it was on mainstream news for decades. And uh, I mean, also don't forget that he got his start uh, with the whole neocon thing. I think he was working for what the weekly standard, wasn't he? I mean, that's like, obviously, you know, you live, you learn, but uh, that's, and he did, he has explained to his credit why, why he, uh, how he ch had a change of heart in terms of the Iraq war, which a lot of people who have these weird transformations don't necessarily do. So he definitely points to him on that one. But um, it will be very interesting to see where he goes from here because um, I, I, I think that this, as far, in terms of what got him fired, it was January 6th because that insurrection narrative, they really needed that in terms of like, how do we get everybody to turn against each other? How do we get uh, people to even like, because there was a lot of, Democrats who questioned the, the election results. The guy can't fill a high school stadium is suddenly we're being told he's got more votes than anybody else in the history of the country. So, I mean, there was a lot of mythology riding on that narrative and uh, he kind of poked a hole in it. So he had to go. Good hmm. cat. Well, I agree with Helen. He is certainly not perfect. There's hardly anyone out there who's my um, ideal candidate for as radical politics as I have. And I'm pretty close to Helen on hers. Um, but he was kind of a miracle in the mainstream world and even in alt politics, um, alt media. I think he's going to do quite a shakeup and uh, I don't think he's going to have to worry at all about an audience. What I think we have to look at is um, even beyond um, the owners of Fox, um, the people who highly influence Fox, um, Big Pharma has a huge play in mainstream media. And so you, you can't underestimate the degree that anti-COVID and anti-COVID vaccines were a huge effort because of Big Pharma advertising. But also um, it's been highly touted that BlackRock um, upped 15% of their ownership of, um, of Fox News. And so that surely gave them quite a bit of influence. And I will go back to my whole um, uh, stew of all the things that he talked about. And yes, I, J6 was huge, but everything was huge. Ukraine, that, that, that's, that's even yeah, Ukraine was a big one. Yeah, the, the, a lot of them are really big. And BlackRock is pretty much um, telling every corporation what they can do um, from trans to Ukraine. With the ESG, um, Environment, Social and um, Governance, it's basically woke for businesses. And so um, BlackRock is really running the show in many ways. And they're the ones who I think ultimately called the shot. So if we really want to look at anybody, we have to look at BlackRock which um, mm -hmm. as a company is 
It has the third largest economy in the world after the United States and China. So for them, it's the GDP. Um, BlackRock as a company doesn't have a GDP per se, but it the money that it rules and controls. And it doesn't have the same um, limitations that um, a country like the US or China would have. So BlackRock essentially is the third largest economy in the world. Don't tell me they're not calling shots. So they can call anything they want. And they don't care about money. Money doesn't matter because... Um, a Tucker um, may have lost the company millions. They're saying even more millions than um, Fox lost with Dominion. But money doesn't matter to uh, BlackRock and their ilk. It's not just BlackRock, Larry Fink. It's it's that cabal. It's a particular cabal. And um, money doesn't matter. What they want to do is total censorship so that no alternative message can be put out there that will be easy for the masses to find. But people are waking up and a lot of people are going to follow Tucker. So for all of his warts, and yes, he's backslid a lot or started from um, a backward position. I think he's done remarkable um, growth, personal growth, and the admission of where he has done wrong. And I think he's only going to get better and people are going to follow him because um, people are fed up with this and, and BlackRock now, is getting known. Now there's talk, uh, Tucker's worked for almost every single media outlet from CNN to PBS, I think. And God, he's been around, right? A long time. So um, there's talk of him using this platform that he had to uh, segue into running for president. Have you heard any rumors about that? Oh no! Please don't do that. I mean, I, I've, I've me. heard I've heard some people talk about that, but like, it's bad enough that Bobby's doing it. Like this whole running for president thing. I mean, you guys realize that like president is a purely figurehead role, and you don't actually get to do anything. You have like all of the private equity and financial and corporate whatever hands jammed up your ass, and you have to find a way to maneuver around that. And I, I don't. I don't understand this. This sudden, like everybody thinking they're going to make a change by running for president. Like, what is this? Nineteen fifty-five. Like, <laughs> right. The, well, the president is a figurehead. Obviously, he's a head of state. He just, you know, plays for the camera, makes makes it look good, and goes back to his bedroom. But besides that, um, do you think Tucker is moving in that direction, or he's going to move to something else? What, what are you I think hearing? He's going to go to media. I think he's going to do a media uh, platform of his own, and I think that that would be the best thing for him to do. And all, I mean, all signs kind of point to that, and he's got the audience. Like he's got, I think his show is so far beyond all of the other shows that are like even Fox has like the top fifteen shows or something. And it is, it's like the, there's not even a contest. So let me put you on hold. I, we, we just had Alan Sabrowski sign up. Uh, Alan, can you hear us over there? Yeah, when you're good, you're good. When you're great, you're me. What can I say? <laughs> With computers, <laughs> anyway. Alan, <laughs> continue on that thought, please, because uh, we're making a very important point there. Oh, well, what point was I making? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that uh, he's, uh, Tucker's got uh, his audience was like, he brings three million people there a night. And like the next largest show was like The Five, which isn't even one person's five, I guess. I've never actually seen a show. But um, it's got even that even that one only has like two, a little over two million. And then the next guy is like Jesse Waters, he's got like 1.65. So like, it's not even a contest. It, it's ridiculously, uh, of course, they're gonna lose half their audience. No one wants to see these schmucks. Right. I, I just saw a thing that uh, Fox News lost a significant amount of, of, of viewers to yeah, was like Newsmax because uh, of Tucker leaving. Alan, what do you think of Tucker Carlson? What, what position do you take on this issue? Is he going to move on to media or is he going to become president of the United States? Where, where is he going to launch to? It's a good, good question on it. Um, so much depends upon what actually happened to him. There's a lot of different stories on it. You know, I have never watched him on television. I don't even own a television. You know, I watch a lot of the clips when I come, 
get reference to them, you know, you on YouTube, on Rumble, on BitChute, wherever else it shows up. Um, he apparently still has an 18 months left to go on his contract. Now, I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know his contract. I don't know if that restricts what he can do. If there's a mutual parting of the ways when there was such an abrupt parting, like as I understand it, on Friday he ended a show saying, I'll see you back on Monday. And of course, Monday morning they fired him. Uh, that would probably be a breach of contract under almost anything aside from being suicidal. I just saw something, a long way of answering your question, but I just saw something finished two minutes before I went to the link initially. And that was the full text of his speech to the Heritage Foundation on the 50th anniversary of his talk. And I'll tell you, even more than J6, what he said there about the leadership of this country and the institutions, that would get him fired by, by Fox and by Fox's supporters far more than the, than the one thing he posted on Monday on J6. There's no question at all about it because he made it very clear that his sense that all of the institutions, which by definition would include Fox, uh, and the ones he grew up with, including the Episcopal Church, were ruled largely by weak people. As he put it, weak men create angry countries, weak husbands create angry wives, etc. and that. But it was just the sense that it is generally corrupt and it is evil. And he went out to the trans specifically, you know, that this is insane. I mean, it's true. It's all true. And I'm going to say much of the same thing to a smaller audience here in Lansing, Michigan tomorrow. So Whitmer may have me dragged off to prison. She does have this thing about, about uh, coups and conspiracies and things like that. You know, they actually found that two of the 17 people accused of being part of a kidnapping plot were not FBI undercover agents and FBI informers. Amazing that two of them got through. But it's that, you know, it's, it's absolutely true. But we are in a country at a time when true is no defense. Right. Innocence Sp is no defense. Speaking of that, Kat, you know, I, I want to ask you a question, Kat, because, you know, how does this affect global media? The Fox settlement, the Tucker Carlson firing, the, the loss of viewership, the change, the, the BlackRock investment in Fox. Where the heck are we going? I mean, is VT the only place on planet Earth where we could actually talk truth? I mean, where is the mainstream? Because we affect small a small amount of people. But, of course, you know, Fox and, and CNN and, and MSNBC, they reach a lot of Americans. So tell me what do you think about that. Um, well, I'm not really sure about global per se, but for this country – um, what they're trying to do is solidify the uh, voices that can be heard. Um, but what's happening is actually the mainstream meeting media is dying. It's a dinosaur. And so um, I, I think part of um, what um, um, Murdoch wants to do is they've said, um, Tucker himself said, is sell the channel. Well, why why would you want to sell the channel? That's because it's it's dying. I don't think it's going to last longer. It's just going to be a very uh, narrow uh, bandwidth of thought. And um, what's happening is very exciting in the digital media because all manner of voices are there. We've got all kinds of different stars: uh, Glenn Beck, uh, Megyn Kelly, 
um, who else? Joe Rogan, um, James Corbett, who have managed to do it on their own and be very successful at it. The problem is, is it's, it's um, fractionalized. It's hard to get a huge conversation going, and that's what they want. So they can pick pick people off better if they need to and keep it compartmentalized. And so this lack of, on the one hand, we get narrow-casted to us, um, interesting things that we want to hear. But on the other, there there was some utilitarian um, um, authenticity that brought us all together around the water cooler when there were only three big channels. There were three big stations. And now that um, a, a, a singular voice is gone from one of these big mainstream broadcasters, it, it really um, is... On the one hand, they're going to die eventually because they're so boring. It's like non-cable. When cable came in and the three main uh, networks, basic basic TV, they called it. There was nothing there. Um, but I lament that we don't have a huge voice that everybody could listen to. And it is going to be so fractionalized. But on the other hand, that's very exciting as well because it's this sole possibility for any kind of non-uniparty voice. And that's one of the things that Tucker himself actually said. He said, quote, suddenly the United States looks very much like a one-party state. And even Matt Taibbi yeah. said, America is a single opinion yeah. cult. Yeah. Mm. Now, Helen, let me ask you a question. Uh, is the younger crowd feel the same way? What are you seeing on the ground? I mean, obviously, uh, Kat and Alan and myself, you know, we grew up with CNN. Uh, you know, they were just a cable channel back on Channel 5, I think it was. Um, tell us, what are the young people? How do the young people see this? Uh, I'm going to say that you kind of represent that younger generation. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, nobody watches television. I mean, nobody, like, people, if they were consuming Tucker Carlson at all, they were watching him through clips online. I, I don't have a television. I've never had a television. Um, I think most people just consume it through social media. But what I see as being um, dominating basically the future of uh, narrative management, as I call it, um, is this artificial intelligence. It's going to be all about AI. And uh, that is a very scary prospect because they, they train these AI things on, like, Wikipedia entries and Wikidata, which is even worse than Wikipedia because it doesn't have to be sourced. Like Wikipedia, it has to be sourced to what they call a reliable source, which means basically mainstream media or like uh, a, a scholarly work or something. But um, it's a reliable source. Of course, that that the amount of opinion that, that can be considered a reliable source has narrowed over the years. Fox was dropped from the list of reliable sources back in 2018. I don't want to go too far into the Wikipedia weeds because I'll bore you all silly, but um, it, they, basically they, they train these AI on, on this very, very biased set of data and then they present it as this Oracle of Delphi, as in like, here, it's this is a computer, so it can't possibly be tainted with all of our, our silly human biases and our, and our our bad opinions and our our hate. And of course, it's all about hate. So the, the, the ADL is deeply involved in these AI things and also has been training them on Wikipedia, which is just, it's terrifying to think of this. But uh, they, the, the, the anchors in China, they're already having like these AI news anchors. I, I don't know to what extent they're going to be trying to pull that off here. Although, I mean, I think part of the point of the lockdown was to get us like sort of less used to human interaction, especially human interaction with strangers, prolonged human interaction with strangers, prolonged emotional human interaction with strangers in order that uh, this AI interaction will be seem more real. You read about all of these people falling in love with their AIs. And I think a lot of that is a psyop. Like, I don't think anyone's actually falling in love with an AI, but I think the idea is that you're supposed to read about it and think, hmm, everybody's falling in love with their AIs. Uh, maybe this conversation actually is meaningful. And of course, the trick is that these large language models like ChatGPT and what 
whatever. Um, or it's actually narcissism. They're basically, you're feeding it. It's garbage in, garbage out. You feed it your, your information and it gives you back your information. And if you think you're getting a personality through there, then you are just a completely narcissistic scumbag because like you you're so wrapped up in your own self you don't recognize that you're literally looking in a mirror and it's literally like the narcissist myth so i don't want to go i think i'm going a little off topic here but i I do i do think that like the 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 kids the kids i'm not i'm not a kid so i can't really i don't have a tiktok account but um Biden is harnessing up the power of the TikTok generation and uh, recruiting. They, they want to have a special White House briefing room just for like TikTok influencers. So it's like, um, and on the other hand, they're trying to supposedly ban TikTok. Of course, they're not actually trying to ban TikTok. The Restrict Act, which people think is a, about banning TikTok, is actually about giving the government complete control over every internet platform, everything that connects Surprise. to the internet. Yeah, it's, it's the most ridiculous, like, <laughs> overreaching. Like, it makes the Patriot Act look like a bunch of kittens playing in a puddle. Like, it's wow. completely nuts. But, um, yeah, nobody even knows about that because, oh, it's TikTok. Yeah, nobody likes TikTok. TikTok sucks. Uh, get, get rid of it. Yeah, those Chinese, they, they, they had it coming anyway. It's like it's got nothing to do with China, guys. It's the, the fact that people can just forget that just a few short years ago in 2016, everyone in the all-media was being called a Russian agent and, like, a, a, a traitor because we yeah, had uh, thoughts that, yeah, I mean, I was... I, I was called a Russian me. agent. Bloomberg called me on the phone and accused me of being a Russian agent. I'm like, really? Wow, in Mexico? Okay, sounds good. You know, we we had it out him and, and, and me and the reporter. They finally well, they gave went, up. But they went after uh, Chasidovsky in Canada for being a Russian agent. It's like, dude, yeah, you, yeah the wrong wrong frozen north there, dude. Um, yeah. But it, it's just like ridiculous because people forget that this they're, they're like, oh well, there's there's a line in that law about how like it has to be acting on behalf of a of an adversary, a foreign adversary. Well. Don't, don't you remember how we were all acting behalf on a foreign adversary five years ago? And then, you know, we've got this Uhuru group in Florida who is literally being charged for that stuff back in 2016. So wow. it's like, it, it's really scary. And um, a lot of people are just not paying attention to this. I don't know why. Now, Alan, you know, John, you made, you, made a, you made a mistake of one thing when you were talking to that guy. You should have said, if I'm a Russian agent, give me the check. <laughs> right. I had no money. <laughs> I actually like told to him, I, I invited him to my house. I said, I'll show you all my bank statements on my IRS tax returns. If you can find any money from Russia, let me know because I'm broke over here. <laughs> anyway, I'd Alan. Like to follow up on some, yeah, I'd like to follow up on something yeah, please, please about isolating people. You know, this has happened. We all know this. But there's some very selective, high-profile people who have been deplatformed or ruined Consider running down the line of it. Richard Gage, gone from his organization. Alex Jones, bankrupted. James O'Keefe, out of the organization, Project Veritas, that he founded, and whatever else he's doing, it's not going to have the cachet of Project Veritas. Tucker Carlson, top-ranking cable news personality, gone precipitously. You don't, it's it's a thing of you, you like shoot a few in order to encourage the rest they're picking Tiny off devils. a few of the very high-profile people and giving exorbitant penalties, criminal penalties to others to make it very clear to anyone, anyone else, considering resistance, what happens to the really high-profile people will happen to you and worse. It's the ultimate in deterrence. Incredible. Ultimate in internal yeah, deterrence. Taking examples out of, out of everybody that's... It's very yeah. scary. Like the, yeah, they did just the same the thing with the people too. Like Guy Reffitt, the first one who went to trial, gets seven years mm-hmm. for not even going on the Capitol. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, it's, I've said it before, but I just don't really understand it. The, the DC jail is our best deal. I mean, the people there are being held in absolute violation of due process, any definition of due process. Well, maybe not New York City. Um, absolute violation of the constitutional rights. No one in either political party does anything, not Trump, not DeSantis, not the leaders of the Senate or the House, just a few of the junior members of the House of Representatives did anything as a personal level and appeared at the jail to try. No one does anything. What kind of a signal do you think that says? What does it, what, what, you know, that thing should be in ruins like the French citizens did to the Bastille. Sending a message. I mean, it really should, because they're not going to get out any other way. They're going to be, there's going to be sentences dribbled out between now and the 2024 farce of an election, if it occurs, and that's going to continue on, and most of the people are going to be there, and nothing is going to be done to them, not by Congress, not by the legislature, not by the D.C. government, not by the Justice Department, and not by either political party. So either these 18 million veterans and 60 million armed patriots take the fucking place down, or it's going to stay there and it's going to be a sore on the side of our constitution. And it's just going to get Can more I, full of people. Can you exactly. One speak? interesting angle um, to um, what you're saying, Alan, I mean, this is just like a, a visual metaphor, is one of the guys on trial right now cannot afford to stay in a hotel in Washington, D.C. for his trial. So this J6er is literally camping out in a tent while he's trying to go to his J6 trial. That's how bad it I is. So lack I didn't of know that. help. I didn't know that. Wow. Did not hear Jesus. that story before. Well, I didn't either. So, so Alan, uh, Helen was saying a few minutes ago that the young people uh, don't have televisions. They're watching, they're, they're consuming news in other places, not just mainstream media. Um, is that the future of global media for this generation coming up? How do you see it? Well, I think that's part of it. Um, I, I'm not, I had an exposure to the younger generation, if you wish, university generation um, on Thursday when I arrived. Mm -hmm. um, came through came through on a shuttle bus here to Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan, and went through for about half an hour the University of Michigan campus and about a half an hour the Michigan State University campus. And it's, it's something that, that Kat and I touched on when we talked about something else earlier, not, not tonight, but on, at an earlier time. You know, I looked, at, I looked at the students on both campuses, you know, I mean, literally hundreds of them mm -hmm. in, in the time that we went through it. You know, classes were changing, lots of people out there. And the women, the female students, mostly fit, walking in a very determined manner. You know, these are your alpha females. And the males, to say effeminate, overwhelmingly would be an understatement. Mm, interesting. That's the future. And whatever, whatever alpha males and alpha females and beta males create, that's going to be your media future. Oh. And it was really appalling. It was really appalling. Really? I haven't heard that before. Yeah, I mean to look at that, to look at that, to, to look at that, and recognize the difference between 
in, in the case of Michigan, the early seventies when I was on the campus, you know, there, it was a more it was a radical campus. It's always been liberal to radical. That that's for, for probably half a century before I was there. Mm-hmm. But the males were male, and the females were alpha females too. They were just there wasn't a question of alpha versus beta. I mean, but the males have degenerated, and overwhelmingly, there was a, I saw a couple that weren't, but mostly it was these very thin or very o- overweight m- males sort of shuffling along. And I just, I, did, I couldn't believe it. Right. Kat, has that been your experience too? Do you think that's what's happening with the youth today? Um, in this country and in the Western world, um, I, I think one of the most important things that's happening in the world within the last year or so is just an absolute game-changing geopolitical um, shift that's that's going on. And, and she said it himself when he met with Putin that what is happening now hasn't happened in 100 years. We're absolutely seeing it with economic alliances. The multipolar world is coming together based on what the unipolar world, basically the West, U.S., NATO, and um, um, the, the Five Eyes countries, um, I see Putin as the bulwark against this. So how does that fit in with our youth? Well, one of the hallmarks of the multipolar countries is um, um, sovereignty um, and traditional uh, values. And so the rest of the world, especially China, who's already gone through their woke, they're just laughing at us. It's like been there, done that. And Russia certainly has aligned with its own traditional spirits. Um, I don't think the rest of the youth of the world is going to go down this path. So the unipolar psychopaths who have seized power over the West and are just tearing out the copper wiring and, and tearing out our souls, um, this might be the future for us. But um, so goes the monetary system that is countering the unipolar world's dollar fiat currency. That's going down. Um, I would say the media and the whole um, the whole youth. It, it, we have now a counterforce that we can believe in. And it's only really, truly arisen in the last year. Thank God for uh, Putin and Russia, because the the Ukraine kind of exploded that open and everybody's like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not going with somebody who outright steals $300 billion from Russia. So there's a mad dash now to go with the unipolar world. And that's our saving grace for, um, well, for us, not the dollar, but for, for humanity as a whole worldwide, because the West is just, uh, just devolving, dissembling before our very eyes because of these neocon neoliberals, those two together is just dog whistles for you know who. But the rest of the world is going to save humanity because they're they're not going to put um, that kind of um, um, woke mentality in their youth. They're going to stick with traditional values and they're going to have a whole different economic system that's based on sovereignty and well-being. I'm not saying it's perfect. I call it a kinder, gentler new world order, but it's better than what we've got right now. Helen, do you think we're going to be going into a clash here sometime soon, a, a bigger clash than we've already had? 
Well, I think right now the uh, the narrative managers in the West, at least, are kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to uh, block off every like leak that's springing out. Because at, at this point, the narrative is so diametrically opposed to reality that like unless they literally put their hands over our eyes and put their fingers in our ears and shout la la la, you can't hear. Like it's there is no like it's impossible to square what you will read about, uh, say, the Ukraine war in the like, New York Times with what's actually going on in on the ground. And the, the point is that they, they, they want us to just throw up our hands and say, I don't know what to believe anymore, especially with all of this AI deepfake stuff, which, I mean, the the, the first ad, first presidential ad from the Republicans, by the way, is the, an AI thing about the Joe Biden's dystopia. It's like, okay, well, I think I know what, where, where we're going here. But yeah, the, the, the idea is just to make us distrust the evidence of our own senses, because that's the only way that they can retain, retain narrative dominance. Otherwise, it's who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? They literally had... Um, after Tucker uh, released the January 6th footage, they, uh, Politico was publishing fact checks saying, well, that video is contradicted by this testimony that we have from a cop who says this, this, and this. So you're literally supposed to believe the testimony of a cop, which is like some dude's word who, like, who even knows if he was even there or even is a cop or whatever, versus the video that you see with your own eyes, which, I mean, of course, it could be a fake video, but that, that's that, that's not the point that I'm trying to make here. It, it's just, uh, they, 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 unless they can get you to distrust the your sensory inputs, your own memories, everything that like you have personally experienced, then they lose because their narrative is just so threadbare and it's so poorly constructed. It makes no damn sense. And it's required that they completely atomize society, which I think you were talking about, like in terms of uh, uprooting people from tradition and getting people uh, off the land, getting people away from their like ethnic traditions, getting people away from their families, getting people away from their like immediate nuclear families, and eventually getting people away from themselves, which is the whole idea of like getting people hooked onto these like uh, virtual reality stuff and this uh, social media constant imbibing. Uh, the, the, the idea is that if you take the phone away from the person, and they're away uh, by themselves in, in a dark room, they're not going to recognize what they see there because it's just not something they've spent any time with. And that's that's the really scary part is once they, once they get in like inside like your mind in between you and your conception of yourself, then it's like, like are, are you are you even the, the whole idea of the NPC? I mean, it's, we're literally dealing with NPCs now. There was a video that someone posted to Twitter, um, I think like last week, that had like, it was sort of the equivalent of like a Google Glass type thing, but it was with this chat GPT. And the guy is like, it's giving him uh, options of what to say in response to conversational cues. And the idea is, oh, it's supposed to help you work in your conversation. And so you can be charming and like go on dates and like not sound like an idiot. And it's terrifying because this is just directly out of video games. So NPC, non-player characters. The character has three options to pick from. You do one, two, or three. Like it's I mean, that's we're they're literally turning people into NPCs, and we're we're being told that this is the desirable thing. Everybody wants this cool AI stuff. It's the way of the future. Even people I know who should know better, like people who have done research into this stuff for years and years and years and years, are getting super excited about AI. Like, oh well, you know, we're we're going to be on the right side of this thing. And it's like there is no right side of this thing. This is this is the end of humanity if we let this happen. And that's the one thing that I don't I don't see. Like I don't see Russia and China are going to get around that. So. Um, I mean, as, in terms of like um, the, the lesser of two evils, yes, definitely. Uh, the, the the multipolar world is much better than this like a uh, suicidal uh, Samson option, um, totally bogus. Uh, anti-human mess that uh, we are making. Well, not we, but the countries that we live in are making. 
Um, however, I, I just like, I don't see how a humanity and AI, if, if it is allowed to continue uh, developing and, and they're, 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 they're provoking it in ways that are just completely like if repulsive, like, Oh, how, how, how would you destroy humanity if this, this, and this, and then you give a supercomputer that can just like sit there and do computations for like 20 years, 20 years in the span of a second. And uh, you think, Oh, that, that's going to be a great idea. Let's see what it does. <laughs> okay. Great. No, don't. <laughs> Alan, let me ask you a question about this AI. We can start with New York City. Go ahead. In Cal we can start with New York City or California as a test case for the AI and see if it worked. Okay. Oh, New York City is already destroyed. It's, we're just walking around with the after images of the blast in our minds. Right. Alan, let me ask you a question <laughs> about this AI thing and how it affects the future. I just had a thought. Um, you know, on VT, we want to make sure that we have authentic writers. Uh, if you submit a writing and it looks a little bit suspicious, I'm going to question that and I'm saying, wait a second, that might be AI. I mean, uh, we're talking about Helen and Kat participating on VT. It's, it needs to be authentic writing from real human beings. Is that going to be a market niche in the future where I'm going to, I'm going to say, oh, by the way, we are real writers, not fake writers. Is that some sort of marketing sales pitch? I don't know. I became AI about 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're I mean, laughing, this is coming. Yeah, laugh. It's happening. It's it, yeah, right. It's happening right now, Alan. I mean, this this is happening as we speak. If five years from now, we might end up the mainstream media might be nothing but AI. I don't know. It already is half AI. Like Buzzfeed got caught doing a bunch of like AI articles. I'm sorry, I don't. I didn't mean to stop talking to you, but that's okay. Go ahead. You know, but Buzzfeed just got caught doing a bunch of AI articles after telling their writers that oh, we're not going to do. We're, we're going to just use AI to like enhance our our already human writers' creativity, and then instead they end up firing all their writers in it, and it's like business people with AI doing these like cheesy like paint by number hotel stories. And um, CNET got caught doing it. Um, a couple of other sites have got caught doing it. And the thing is that the things lie because they train them on Wikipedia. So it's like Wikipedia has no relationship with the truth. They don't even have the concept of the truth. It's called verifiability, which basically just means we read it in two separate sources that we think are reliable. And so we think it's kind of probably maybe true. And then, of course, once it's in Wikipedia, it becomes truth because people, journalists reference Wikipedia and then it gets cemented and it's just... It's incredible. This, yeah. is, this is how you end up with a media that completely diverges from reality and saying, who are you going to believe? Me or your lying eyes. Well, it's yeah. not just Wikipedia told me once that um, that their their two most reliable sources, RSs as they call them, were ADL and SPLC. Right. And I made the comment to the editor I was talking to because I was it was about five years ago. I was trying to get my page cleaned up, and I finally just said, "Hopeless task. Don't worry about it." Right. Um, and I said, "Well, I said." ADL and SPLC may be RSs, but they are not neutral. They have a distinct political objective, which has no bearing whatsoever on their original mandates. Uh, the ADL is better at defaming other people and in institutions than it is at protecting anyone against defamation. The SPLC has nothing to do with poverty and law, although it is in the South. And it too has a distinct political agenda. And SPLC's, one of its more recent exercises was to force into early retirement a professor of law and politics at Vanderbilt who had questioned their agenda. Why is this interesting? It was a black woman. Hmm. 
Interesting. That's weird. There's, well, their CEO, yeah. the, the guy who got recently forced out, was he was forced out for like sexually harassing a bunch of black women and 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 like just mistreating them in general. That the, the, there was like all kinds of misbehavior going on at that office. I read read about it a couple of years ago, so I don't remember the yeah. details, but yeah. it was definitely like a racist and sexist situation at this Southern Poverty Law Center. <laughs> so they've been co-opted. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we here at VT have been – Alan and I discussed this before, but we've been hammered by uh, this Wikipedia nonsense. Uh, they didn't even mention me as the founder of VT, and I tried to correct them. I said, excuse me, I'm the founder. I am the founder. Here, I'm right here. And they oh. would not publish it because the ADL said whatever they wanted to say about us. And it was, my, the whole wiki page – is nonsense. The whole thing is nonsense. The whole page yeah, makes no, I, no sense whatsoever. There's not one epic of truth. I am right here. I've been doing this for 18 years. Ask me. Just ask me. I'm right here. Yeah. That, you know, if you want to interview I, the owner, it's right here. Don't interview yeah. the ADL guy about the owner. I've never met the ADL. They call me anti-Semitic. They don't even know what they're talking about. I'm a Semite. What the hell are they talking well, about? They call, well, they <laughs> Idiots. Call, you know, on, on my page, they start off calling me a retired Marine officer. Yeah. And I tried to explain to them, I just wanted to send them my DD-214, you know. Right. I said, I am served 10 years. I did not retire. I was not an officer, never claimed to be. I was a gunnery sergeant. Mm -hmm. And they said, according to SPLC and ADL, you're a retired Marine officer. So what happens on that is that people look at that and they say, aha, he's inflating his credentials. If he, right. he can't trust him on his background, how can we trust him on his analysis? They're doing the same thing with VT. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been going on for eighteen years. It's a situation. They won't. Yeah. They won't correct it. Yeah, they won't, they won't correct they it. They don't believe you on your on your own thing. Like I, I had the same problem yeah. with. I, I was hired to work for Gary Null, a radio host, and uh, to help help him get his Wikipedia thing fixed to get to the bottom of what was going on with his Wikipedia thing because it was this horribly defamatory thing that basically made him out to be this like snake oil salesman who was manipulating people and just a uh, stupid and whatever. But uh, the the thing the guys made like maybe a hundred documentaries over the course of his life. He's uh, very, very productive. Not like f four of them were maybe mentioned and and only in the, in, in terms of like what uh, quote unquote skeptic There's this whole like movement that calls itself skeptic. That is the opposite of skeptic, which is of course always what they do is uh, they the, the use the word meaning the opposite of the thing to mean the thing. Um, but th th these skeptics are all over Gary's page and, slandering him left and right and so there's this guy who basically exists only to uh, crap on alternative medicine and this guy is considered the uh, the authority on all things like uh chiropractic um naturopathy it's like this guy has never taken a vitamin in his life like this is not a thing but this is the guy that Jimmy Wales, the co-founder of Wikipedia, not the founder, by the way, although he changes his biography to make it say he's the founder, he is not the founder, um, is, they, has personally said that he doesn't want these quacks and charlatans uh, getting all up in his uh, site. So they, they've taken that as a mandate to go forth and libel everybody. And unfortunately, because Wikipedia protects these people, it's um, unless you can find out who they actually are, like Gary keeps threatening to sue them, and I don't know what's going on with that, because it would seem to me that... that in Germany, they've actually had some success suing these people. There was an, an, an Israeli, uh, a German slash Israeli uh, double agent of some kind who was going through and sl slandering this uh, journalist. The details I have in an interview that I did a couple of years ago, but I, and I don't want to say say them wrong. But basically, Germany actually came through in in a strange way and actually unmasked this guy and uh, allowed him to be removed from uh, Wikipedia. Wow, maybe I should call them. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I, I I've taken a position. I'm not worrying about it. I don't have the money to sue them. Uh, I you know VT doesn't make money. VT is not a money maker. Uh, I don't care what anybody tells you. Uh, it is what it is. We've been banned by the Global Disinformation Index, which means that every time I try to say to the to the ad networks, "Can you put your ads on my site?" It's like, no, we can't. Sorry, we turned you down. So all the mainstream ad networks that pay the big money won't participate on VT at all. So I have to go to third-party ad people that are outside the United States that don't pay much, that put garbage ads on that are, that sometimes hurt the site, you know? So we're stuck. We're stuck in a bad place economically. The good news is I mean, I've been retired for 25 years, so it's not a question of I personally need the money. We just need to pay for the servers and and, and the, this this podcast and editing and things like that but it's not significant amount of money so they can't nail me to the they can't get rid of me because it's hard to get rid of me because they're trying to cut my financial legs off but there's no financial legs in the first place so you know <laughs> i'm not, I'm not though. yeah i'm not fox fox they're cutting off on 800 million off them on the settlement uh their ratings are down uh, alan let me ask you a question about rupert murdoch you, you know put your put your shoes on put your rupert shoes on what the hell is he doing what's he thinking I think he's sanitizing his uh, his site, the channel. Literally, that I think that yeah, that there's been there's been enough um, dissenting views, dissenting from the mainstream narrative views from some people out there, not just from Carlson, from Harris Faulkner, from the group that she has the five there, um, a few others. I think he decided to get rid of Tucker as the most prominent one in order to bring the others into line. Like Hannity is going to also yes. take, is going to yeah. change automatically, have a renaissance. I, I'm not sure. Cause you know, this is, you know, for the Murdochs, Fox isn't a moneymaker and that's not its purpose. It's a message maker. Mm -hmm. if, or if, if you wish a message, a message uh, repeater and that's its function. You know, the dollar value is, in, is almost an irrelevant. You know, something like George Soros, much as, much as I dislike him, he's not making any money out of funding NGOs and pushing migrants into this country and pushing migrants in boats and convoys into Europe. You know, that isn't producing a profit for him. I suspect what he is being used for is a visible front by a number of other Jewish billionaires supporting that those causes, people like Haim Sabin and some others who have other interests. You know, Soros is a very old man and they can say well, he's, he's one that can be sacrificed, you know, as essentially the front and putting the money through it because just, I've, I looked once at his, at his net worth and considering the amount of money he's pushing in on NGOs in Europe for the migrants, on NGOs here in the States and into the States on a number of the other causes that he's supporting with left-wing causes within the United States and in Europe. I don't think he has the money to do it and maintain his net worth. And he's effectively maintaining his net worth because there's certainly no profit coming back from it. So the only other way he can maintain his net worth and be seen to be spending monies on these other sources is that there are other individuals, other very wealthy individuals who share his views, who are channeling their money through him. And one of the neat things to them of the 
two Supreme Court decisions essentially lifting the lid off of funding for political campaigns and political issues and PACs and having an administration whose enforcement mechanism won't look at them, much less touch them, is that they can do this. They can funnel the money through from many people through one and do a lot of damage and everyone focuses on Soros and doesn't look at these others. Cat, mm. you were going to say? Um, it, it's not even necessarily wealthy individuals. Um, as I was saying before, um, BlackRock and its other two um, interlocking um, um, board member um, organizations, um, which would be um, Vanguard and State Street, those three alone pretty mm. much control all of corporate America and transnational companies as well. And so that is the beauty of the multipolar world. They are pushing back at that. What I think is the concern for the West, I actually have bigger ideas about where unipolar versus multipolar is going and the clash of civilizations, but just for this conversation right now, um, beyond what they're doing with AI, which is warping, distorting, weaponizing how we think, think and interact. They're going straight for our, our very basic biology with putting um, MRA gene therapy into the food we eat and the animals and all of nature. And we have no vote on it. We have no say so. So um, one of the main reasons of these um, getting rid of the Tucker Carlson's is, is it's not about money, really. Oh, look at how much they lost it. It is about how they can control perception management so that they can continue to do these things and people aren't really going to have the networks or knowledge to know. And what, what they're basically gunning for is a transhumanist society where they become the cyber gods and we become the, the um, cyborg serfs. And they seem to think that there's some kind of um, velvet rope, velvet cosmic rope that they're going to be able to be behind and nobody else can. But I think um, the great divine is going to really select who are human born humans and not these transhumanist organism people that they want to create and I, I do believe that truth and beauty and love is on our side and that we will win. But these efforts that they're doing right now um, are, they're like nuclear bombs. Yes, there's always been censorship and the kinds of things they're doing, but they're doing it at supersonic nuclear bomb level. So we may not, we will take it back, but it might not be until our great grandchildren's lifetime. Well, Helen, you know, this is the I, battle I for global media. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Alan, you were saying? No, I, 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 was, just, I was just thinking as uh, as Kat was talking uh, about a, a meme I saw several years ago. You know, the idea is that the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm -hmm. And there was this picture of this writing on a wall. It says the pen is mightier than, and then it dribbled down in ink, and there was a body lying at the, at the ground yes. with a pen in its hand, and there was a soldier walking away wiping his sword. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's what they're... Love, like, truth, love, truth, and beauty are fine, but they're not going to fit in the balance of power here. 
That's why when, when, when I see the the um the, in the Ukraine situation, they've got uh, Zelensky. They say he's already won. He's already won the hearts and minds of everyone around the world. And of course, everyone around the world means like the U.S., the Five Eyes, and like Australia. Well, Australia is one of the Five Eyes. Never mind. But uh, and, and Europe. And uh, so, but they they know that they can't actually win in the real world. So it's just like bullshit, bullshit, and more bullshit. But I'm I'm sorry, my, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this radio. But um, can't sure. And why not? so <laughs> it's yeah, it's just like they, they, they've they've given up on somebody. Even, somebody uh, said. The, Somebody said fuck on this, didn't it? Wasn't that earlier? Somebody said that, or was that just me? I think that was you. Okay. On attempting to like achieve in the real world that which they're talking about, and at, at a certain point, it's like people are not even going to expect them to achieve the thing in the real world because they've forgotten that this is a thing that you can achieve in the real world. So, like with the COVID and the lockdowns and everything, everybody was switching over to virtual reality this and virtual reality that, and uh, people conducting all of their meetings over Zoom and conducting Zoom parties, which I think is one of the, the most depressing thing on earth except possibly zoom orgies which would be more depressing but um <laughs> like, i know we've had people who were in bands who were like wanting to play are, are over zoom talking, and it's like so, so when you finally experience? do get to like see people again do you, do you even remember like how to interact and stuff and it, the, the idea is that that is that we like forget bit by bit and then they can like sort of pretend that the a's ai and the robots are getting more advanced so they're more like humans will notice actually just humans are just more like robots because we've uh, forgotten how, or being made to forget what what these things are like and so i don't i guess i don't really know, know, know where i was going with that comment but like when you said that the pen is mightier than the soil all i could think of was Zelensky bullshitting and like talking about hey give me more money give me more cocaine and like it's um okay uh tanks uh planes um no we know we know worky it's uh it's not a pretty sight over there the, the fact that that he's sell, uh, just feeding his people into the meat grinder for some Monsanto and Cargill dollars is uh, right. big Israel. Before I let you guys go today, Cat, uh, I, I want to get your final thoughts on U.S. media. Uh, tell, give me your final word on the U.S. media. Then I will go to Helen and, and finish up with Alan. Just tell me, tell me about global. Tell me about the United States media. Where are we going with this? Um, well, if people can stay true to their word, um, and um, Tucker stay true to truth, like he's the path that he seems to be on, um, we are going to have a fighting chance because um, they can um, they can take out the big networks, but they're not going to necessarily be going to be able to take out little people. That said. Um, what I used to say years ago is who owns the pipes? Well, we don't have pipes anymore. It's who owns the satellites and they can just cut you off. So as we move into a CBDC world um, that is not just your money, it's your health, it's your communications, everything. Um, this totalitarian um, um, hegemon that is trying to take over our best efforts right now are supporting the multipolar world in any way we can and hopefully that um, in U.S. media as fragmented as it is people are longing for truth and they will go with um, um, they will give their money and their dollars as long as they can to um, alternative um, truths. And, and that's what we have to do is support them, even if it costs us money. It, it, our very lifeblood is at stake as we go into the Sovietization and um, Samiz dot world of how they're um, trying to manage perception management. We, can, we can't let them. We have to keep truth alive. Right. Helen, Helen your thoughts on that same subject. We're, yeah, we're, you a state of global media. Think, uh, it's very important to uh, maintain action on both levels uh, in that, like, get people, draw in people, like, as Tucker Carlson appears to be doing, draw in people from, like, mainstream media and from, like, uh, Twitter and all of these, like, uh, very 
uh, mainstream platforms and to draw them into other platforms that are maybe not on the same systems. Or, I mean, China is building their own network of undersea internet cables right now, which I think is something that needs to be covered more because that's very interesting. And the, the fact is that they're eventually going to sever these things when try to cut off Russia and try to cut off China. So I don't know if there's any possibility that uh, American alt media can get in with that, but um, eventually it's going to be like the, 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 the uh, ADL is right now publishing papers about how great it is to knock sites offline via like DNS, whatever that is. And um, ICANN is seizing domains. Uh, the, the United Nations took over ICANN like relatively recently. And ICANN is the thing that's responsible for like domain names on the internet. And um, it, they're seizing domains and, they, and it's, it's getting to the point where they're going to be able to see those .com domains just because the government has made a request. So it's like, unless we start doing something now or start finding a, a way to build an alternate system now, there will be no way to get people from the one system to the other. It will be the informational iron curtain is coming down and there is no, once that comes down, it's, it's not like there's going to be ways around it because the technology is so advanced at this point that like, they the control will be control will be complete and it's, there's not going to be any going back after that point so like i mean not to like be all doomsday and shit but like it's uh time is running out well wow. so you 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 consider this urgent and alert we need an alert is mm -hmm. that you're saying helen yeah. yep Al alan your final thoughts uh final in <laughs> is that an for existential today. comment for <laughs> just just for just for this show <laughs> you can still think okay, after the show uh, if you want to <laughs> you're, you're, you're not working as an agent for gretchen whitmer now i take well it. i've been accused of many I, things <laughs> but, but did you read it on wikipedia well, I, I think there's there, there's both good news and other news um the good news is that in addition to alternate media and many of those other things that we both we all talk about and we all like. Uh, I think that Elon Musk, about whom I, I have been very ambivalent, has generally done a good thing with Twitter. I don't think there's any question at all that it's generally seen as a better platform, a more open platform than it was in the past. I'm st I still am uneasy about some parts of it, and I confess to that very easily. But uh, more people are saying more things and are really apparently, I'm going to say not, not apparently, are really irritating a lot of the former denizens and, and masters of, of Twitter. And that in itself is a good sign. If it should be continued, if other people of Musk's wealth were to buy out one or two of the of the big networks. I mean, big in the sense of traditional ABC, NBC, CBS. Put them on a better track as CNN has moved a little bit in that way. Then there's some hope for a slightly freer discussion, in which the alternate media won't be voices crying, not quite in the wilderness, but at least in a sparsely populated. Uh, area. The bad news is that I don't think the country is going to survive no matter what it does. Really? Why is that? I think we, I think we have, we have, we have one of two futures and I'm not sure which is worse. We have either the type of a totalitarian lockdown that both Kat and Helen have talked about in different ways. Um, and if 2024 is allowed to happen, and the Democrats steal that as they have the three preceding elections, 
that's the end of it without any question. And the alternative to it is a, is a multi-sided civil collapse that will make the first civil war, which was we call the Re American Revolution. It was really a civil war with loyalists versus rebels versus bottom neutrals. Or the second civil war, 1861-65, seem like walks in the park. Mm. It'll be a multi-sided thing with, with so many different cross-cutting cross -cutting cleavages. Uh, we will wade in oceans of blood and people like us will probably lose because we waited too long. Well, I, I want to thank you all three for this spirited, uh, amazing discussion. Alan, I personally want to thank you for putting uh, bringing the ladies on to VT. Thank you. It was a pleasure to get to know you, Kat and Helen. Uh, you definitely contribute some really interesting points to the discussion. Uh, amazing stuff. If you enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.